And today I'm gonna to cover five strategies that I think everyone should have implemented in their program uh, in order to ensure that you are compliant and that you are maximizing your results. So at the end of this presentation, you're gonna have five things you can go back, see if you're doing well, maybe you're not, maybe you need to implement one or, or, um, or get some ideas on um, how to do it better. So let's get started. Uh, here are the five things that we're going to cover today. We're going to cover about your 340B team, your partners, the committee that you should have in place, the data and KPIs that are important to track your program, and industry news. How do you, how do you uh, keep up with what's going on in the market? So let's start with the team, the 340B team. I think this is the heart of everything. This is where everything starts. Um, there are countless of covered entities that due to uh, resources or size that do not have a dedicated 340B uh, program manager or analyst or coordinator. And the truth is you need a dedicated team. It is, it is I think, a must in order to run a compliant program and a program that truly maximizes its opportunity. Um, you need a subject matter expert, someone that is focused on the program, that is focused on understanding the program, that is focused on uh, learning how the program can do better, finding how the program is lacking or where it can grow. And unfortunately, we see, and I've seen throughout uh, my time in 340B, I think every, every role that I've held in 340B, I've been the first 340B manager or coordinator in that role. And um, you find a lot of things that are wrong when you're not spending that time and the resources into the program um, and you bring someone in and you find so many things that, that are going wrong. But the, the point that I wanna stress here is if you are a covered entity and you have a program uh, that does not have a dedicated resource, I think that is a very important thing to reconsider. Um, you might be asking, well, how many people do I need on my team? Um, you know, and that, that all depends. It depends if you have uh, how many contract pharmacies you have. If you are a large dish hospital and your program is, you know, is worth 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars in 340B savings. Um, if you're a small rural um, covered entity and you have two or three contract pharmacies and, and you know, maybe you don't, have, you don't have a big program, then maybe you don't need as much uh, resources. But if you're a bigger organization, you want to have a dedicated team in place. And some of the things that, that this team will focus on, um, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's a person that's sort of the quarterback of you know, keeping everything aligned and working with vendors and partners um, and, and things like that. Uh, but sometimes it's a team, sometimes you need multiple people. You might have a lot of auditing activity and things like that going on. Some of the responsibilities of this person is the day-to-day -day program manager. You'd be surprised how much how much things come up day to day that are compliance related to the 340B program. Program audits. It is so important to 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 audit your program, monitor your program. The 340B program is not a set it and forget it uh, deal. It requires a lot of time, um, and it requires a lot of auditing to ensure that everything that you have put in place is working as intended. Um, Strategy. This is one missed thing about not having a dedicated person is that uh, you need to have a strategy in place as to how are you going to grow the program, whether there's opportunities to grow via 
provider-based conversions, whether there's opportunities to grow via converting um, you know, other sites that are not 340B eligible to a 340B uh, to a 340B site in your Medicare cost report. Um, if your health system is discussing uh, acquisitions, how does 340B play a role in, in, in that conversation? Um, contracting, um, contracting with uh, TPAs and, co and contract pharmacies and, and, other, and other vendors and partners in the market um, that, you know, that requires a person that is having that relationship um, and, is, and is moving those things forward. So the number one thing is you need a dedicated resource, a dedicated team. Um, you know, I know that that is easier said than done, but I highly encourage you if you're if you're on this call and you don't have that person on your team, that that is a, a, a first step that you should take immediately. Um, number two, and I think just as important, just as important, because this can really make or break your program, is choosing the right partners. Who are you partnering up to help you manage your program? This, the 340B program is not something that you can do on your own. Um, you know, some entities attempt to do that on their own, but you really need partners. And that's where, you know, partners like a third party administrator comes into play. That's where a contract pharmacy partner comes into play. You got consultants, you got wholesalers. I mean, there's many different moving pieces here, but I want to stress this, um, and and I'm sure you know some of you know all of the news that's going on in the industry with with certain third-party administrators, and I think that highlights that this relationship is so important. This can make or break break your program. Um, on a daily basis, we talk to covered entities that are in some cases losing millions of dollars, millions of dollars a month because of a partner that is not able to meet their needs from a, a third-party administrator perspective. Um, covered entities that are locked in contracts where they're not able to get out and they have to either have a non-compliant program going on or know that they are losing tons of opportunity. Um, covered entities, again, just worried about compliance concerns overall with their program, um, not feeling like they have a subject matter expert on the other side that is helping them navigate the complexity of 340B. And when you mix 340B with the technology and the features and the logic, there's just a lot of, a lot of learning that needs to happen there. Um, and, and you need a partner who can help you navigate that. Uh, the contract pharmacies, the contract pharmacies are a really big partner in all of this, right? You wanna have good relationships with your contract pharmacy. You wanna make sure that you are serving the patients uh, correctly. You wanna make sure that this is a win-win program for the covered entity and the contract pharmacy. Um, you wanna make sure that any concerns that they have are addressed so that they don't choose to leave the program. So I think the contract pharmacy is a really important partner in all of this. Obviously, you wanna make sure Again, that you're choosing the right contract pharmacies that, that fit your program, where your patients are going, that are you know, good working partners with you, that have a fair dispensing fee in place, et cetera. All those things are really important, um, but make sure that you're looking at those relationships and seeing those as you know, really important relationships for the overall health of your program. Uh, consultants, maybe you're working with a consultant, um, whether you have a team and you just want, you just want to bring in a, an expert to help you know, look at things over, or whether you're a program that um, you, you you hire a consultant to help you manage your day-to-day. -day. Maybe you don't have a dedicated resource. 
but make sure that you are working with someone that is a subject matter expert. Unfortunately, we see often where uh, our covered entities are working with, with consultants. Sometimes they're not advised in the right way. Um, so just highly recommend that you vet the consultant that you're working with, make sure they understand your covered entity type um, and are able to provide the assistance that you need. Um, wholesalers, this is not one to overlook, right? Um, you need wholesalers to help you um, if you're transitioning, you're opening new accounts. If you have, um, if you find that the wrong contract is, is loaded on your 340B account and you're overpaying, you need your wholesaler partners um, to, to, be, to, be, to have a good relationship in there so that you can get them to help you resolve those issues. So these are some of the, the core partners in managing your 340B program. I'm sure there, there's others, but these are the core. And you want to make sure that you're picking the right partners. That is very important that you vet your partners appropriately. You call references. Make sure that, you, that the partners that you're inviting to be in part of your 340B program are going to help you thrive. Um, and not and not cause you to to have compliance issues or advise you in the wrong man. All right, moving on to the third, the 340B committee. Um, there, every every role that I've held in 340B, or even as I talk to different uh, uh, friends in the industry, um, this is one thing that's not discussed enough, in my opinion. Um, it is it is so important for an organization to view the 340B program as not just a pharmacy program not just a finance program, not just a government program. It is a program that impacts um, and almost touches every part of a, of a hospital or even a health center or a grantee. Um, you know, I've often found that um, many, many people in an organization do not understand the value of the 340B program, do not understand the impact of the 340B program. And I think one of the most important things about the 340B committee is to get to get folks to understand this program is worth a lot of money to our organization, or this program is worth a lot to our patients in terms of making sure that patients are getting medications at a discount um, and things like that. Now you want, you might be asking, who should be part of this committee? Um, how many people should be part of this committee? How should this committee be made up? And that, that, that depends on the organization, of course. But here are a few ideas. You definitely want your 340B team, whether that's a 340B manager, whether that is a group you know, that, that represents your team, but you want that team to lead it, to be part of those discussions. You want your leadership to be represented on, the, on, on, that, on that committee, um, whether it's a CEO, a CFO, a COO, your authorizing official for sure should be part of that conversation as they are the responsible agent to HRSA um, for your program. Um, you want a finance representative to be part of that committee to understand how to, uh, how to obtain the contract pharmacy revenue, how to book savings, how to, um, you know, how, how to understand the value of the program to the organization um, as they're making you know, budgets and things like that. Um, you want compliance. You want your compliance department or your compliance team or your compliance director to be part of that committee to, again, to understand the risk of what non-compliance means to the organization, um, that it could risk repayments or losing your program um, and those sorts of things. You need IT. Um, your IT team is so important, especially when it comes to interfaces. If, you're, if your uh, hospital is embarking upon a 
a brand new uh, implementation or a new TPA. You, you want your IT to be part of those discussions. Your consultants should be part of those discussions. The pharmacy department should be part of those of that of that committee. Um, and 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 one that I think is really important, and I and I and I say this from experience. You want your advocacy slash marketing team. Um, you know, I remember serving as a 340B program manager for a large health system. And, you know, when there would be uh, legislation threats um, uh, against the program, you know, our, our advocacy team was on it, you know, and had our CEO write an op-ed and we would put on a newspaper, we would update our program profiles, we would, we would share that, we would make sure that, that we had that ready and, and, and she would share that with the local, local leaders, local um, uh, government leaders and representatives about how important the program was to our organization. Um, so you you definitely want you definitely want that person as part of that committee as well. Now, you know what are you going to discuss? What what is what is there to talk about? Right? You want to definitely keep keep everyone up to uh, what's going on in the industry. You want you want everyone to be educated. Um, there are so many uh, cases where you see where you know um, hospital leadership does not know about maybe manufacturer blocks or different things that are going on in the industry. So you want to talk about industry changes. You want to present program KPIs. What are those key performance indicators? Um, you know, how are you, how are you doing in savings and revenue? Um, your audit results. Um, how are your, your month-to-month uh, -month, uh, revenue numbers or drug spend comparing? Um, you know, those are things that you can present at that committee. What are the top compliance concerns? You know, one of the things that I that I used to do when I worked on the entity side was to lay out what are the top the top five or the top ten uh, areas where I think we needed to improve and do better or have gaps. Expansion opportunities. Hey, what what are could we expand our contract pharmacy network? Maybe we can build our own retail pharmacy. Maybe there's a home delivery or a home infusion opportunity that we haven't uh, that we haven't uh, taken advantage of. And those those things I think are important to discuss as a committee so that everyone's on the same page about where you're going. Then any enterprise changes, you know, you, you might be surprised of your IT team might bring up, hey, we're opening, we're opening a new um, a new department. All right. And that's important for you to know so that you can take into account how 340B is impacted by that. So um, those are all conversations that will come up um, in that committee meeting. And that's why I think it's so important. To have uh, to have that because you get the buy-in from uh, leaders in the organization, um, as well as you get to share all of the great things 340B is doing for the organization as a whole. Okay. Next, we'll move on to the next uh, the next piece, number four, data, data and key performance indicators. Um, again, time and time again, I have been in either positions or or I am seeing in the industry of entities that have no idea how much their 340B program is worth to them. They don't know if their program is worth $10,000 or if their program is bringing in $2 million, right? So this is something very important to know is what, what are the key data points that a covered entity should be tracking to ensure that they understand, number one, the impact of the 340B program, um, the status of the 340B program, any changes in the 340B program. 
So that being said, here are, this is not meant to be exhaustive or to include everything that I think you should be uh, tracking or um, sharing with your 340B committee or hospital leadership. But here are a few things that I think are important. You definitely want to track your audit activity. You want to make sure that you have a program in place where you are auditing a certain amount of records and that depends by covered entity. So maybe you're, you're auditing 20, 20 prescriptions per pharmacy or 20 prescriptions per TPA, or maybe you're auditing 100% of your prescriptions. You wanna track that. You wanna track your pass rate, right? So if you're auditing 100 prescriptions and 90 of them are not eligible, then you have a major problem, right? If you're auditing 100 and you have one that's not eligible, then maybe that's within acceptable, you know, acceptable ranges, right? Maybe that's, you know, that's okay. Maybe you have to look into that to see what happened. And that was a one-off, but this is very important to track is to see how are you performing on your audits um, as an organization? Uh, you wanna track drug spend. This is so important, especially if you have uh, mixed use and split billing, you wanna make sure that you're looking at your drug spend. Is your drug spend going up? Since you started your 340B program, let's say that you're a dish hospital and now you have whack exposure, is your overall drug spend up? And maybe you need to really pay attention to that number to make sure that that's under control. Um, is your drug spend on a downward trajectory, which is good. If, if your overall drug spend is going downwards, then that means that you have, you're, you're saving more money on your programs. That means that you are buying more at 340B at GPO and you're having less WAC exposure. Um, you wanna look at, you wanna track your admin fees. Um, talk, talk to entities um, all the time when we're, when we're in the sales process or we're, we're just, just conversating that have no idea how much their program overall is costing them. And I think that's an important number to know. I think you should know what your program costs are just to run your TPA or to work with your TPA or, you know, from a, a, a dispensing fee perspective and things like that. Um, your 340B revenue, uh, your 340B net profit, your net profit by pharmacy. These are all really important numbers. You want to know, you know, one of the things that one of the things that I that I did when I worked on the covered entity side was to figure out a number where the, the covered entity were were covered entity felt comfortable uh, with the savings number and the compliance risk. If you have a, a a contract pharmacy that is only netting you, let's say a thousand dollars a month, but that contract pharmacy um, you know, it's, it's exposing you and, you know, from a, from a 340B compliance standpoint, is that worth it? Maybe not. Maybe it's not worth it. And maybe you should consider terminating that relationship. So those are, those are the type of things that having the right data can really help in, in making those decisions. Um, some, some other things, if you're split billing, you know, some of the similar things that I just mentioned, you want to track your audit uh, activity, you want to track your drug spend, savings, whack. Um, other, other things to look at are your cash card benefit. If you have a cash card program, you want to see what that benefit is to, um, to your covered entity. Um, you want to track things like prescription volume by store, by prescriber, by department. I know that this, this can give you a lot of insight to see, um, you know, if maybe your providers or your departments are um, sending prescriptions to pharmacies that are not part of your current contract pharmacy network. So you want to, those are really important numbers to track, right? Um, once you get to a certain level of your program where now you're able to look at 
you know, things that we will call leakage, you know, um, you know, is, is a phrase that, that, that is used in the, in the industry. And that is that your program has patients going to pharmacies that are not contracted with your program. I'm not saying you're going to contract with every single pharmacy that you send a prescription to. However, you do want to know what other opportunities are out there and maybe even look at that at that monthly or quarterly um, to make sure that you have the top pharmacies that you're e-prescribing to, that you're sending patients to as part of your 340B contract pharmacy. Um, the manufacturer block impact is a big one uh, right now that you're tracking that number. Um, some entities are reporting very, very large losses in terms of 340B revenue due to manufacturer blocks. So you definitely wanna track that number. You want your, your, um, your team, your leadership to be aware that the reason for a lot of the drop in revenue <clears throat> is related to manufacturer blocks. So that's, that's another really important um, data set or data point to keep an eye on. All right, now the last thing is, um, and this is really important. I know this, this may sound simple, um, but you want to be aware of what's going on in the, in the 340B industry. You wanna know um, what are the changes, what are, what are the things that are being discussed um, um, you know, in terms of policies, um, what, what is, are, are there any new changes from manufacturers? I mean, I think, I think it's safe to say the last 18 to 24 months have been times of significant changes in the 340B industry that I don't think we had seen in the past. Um, I think in the past, um, you know, being in the program since about 2011, we had, there were always rumors of, you know, hey, the, the, mega guidance is coming or this is coming or, you know, there's talks about, you know, reducing the number of contract pharmacies. I mean, there were a lot of, a lot of news like that, but I think um, the last 18 to 24 months have really been, you know, you almost, you're almost getting, you know, significant updates. It feels like weekly. Um, weekly, there's a new manufacturer that's blocking something, um, you know, or something going on. Um, there was a Supreme Court case that came out yesterday um, related to hospitals and Medicare Part B um, that was favorable to hospitals, right? So there's, there's just a lot of things going on that is, it is so important not to neglect um, the education and to stay up to date with what's going on in the industry. Some of the ways you can do that is by joining our webinars. We're gonna to continue to have these webinars. We really hope that we're providing a ton of value. Um, the conferences are really good. Going to the 340B Health Conferences and others that are applicable to your entity type or specific to your entity type, I think are, are really um, important to attend. Um, for hospitals, you know, maybe you wanna join 340B Health or 340B Report, American Hospital Association. I mean, there's, there's tons. I, I'm, I, I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I'm sure I'm missing some, but uh, for grantees, maybe you wanna, you wanna follow uh, RWC 340B, the NAC, um, um, uh, the NAC website and see what update they're sharing with their members. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different um, uh, posts that you can be a part of or posting boards that have a lot of great information. So um, again, you want to know what's going on in the program. If you don't know what's going on in the program, um, you know, then you're going to be playing catch up. And by the time that you find, um, you know, updates related to, to things that are changing in the industry, you might have you, you might have missed out on savings opportunity if you're not compliant in, in, in some way. So really important to stay up to date 
with what's going on in the market. All right, so those are the those are the things that I wanted to share today. I want to go ahead and say that we are going to be having a our next webinar on Thursday, July the 14th at 11:30 a.m., where we will be discussing um, ways to reduce your 340B program expenses. Right? Again, this is a topic that I don't think it's discussed enough, but you know, sharing just um, experience on how to look at your program and not just look at revenue or savings, but also to look at your program expenses. Um, and we're gonna be discussing that uh, in the month of July. Um, here is a way to contact us if you have any questions. There is our website, um, the our email, our phone number. Um, if you uh, want to listen to this webinar again, it will be posted uh, on our website. We have our webinars are all posted on the website. Um, you can go there and download them and watch them. This will be posted there, I would say, in the next week. Uh, and then with that being said, Dan, I'm going to turn it back to you and we can start our Q&A lesson or session. Yeah, so at this point, we're going to stop recording the webinar.